ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of Toker for Two. We're your host, Sean. Who are you? Ah, uh, that's a that's a really good question, but I I have a simple answer. It is me, Sean, also known as Kentucky. And I'm Chris, Cadaver Chris Online, and we're here to talk about episodes four, five, and six of uh, Ultra Q, which have been kind of a bore for me, at least. <laughs> I can I can totally totally get that. But start us off. What were what was your initial reaction to episode four, sir? Episode four was such a slow burn. I was ready to fall asleep and i feel like i would have woke up and not missed anything even with the road coming alive at the very beginning like that was a cool so like one thing i've noticed with these three episodes are like the miniatures are so cool looking yeah they are they're really really detailed too i like i love how detailed and like second episode i'll tell you more or episode five but episode six which one i don't know we'll get there when we get there, I'll talk about it. Yeah, I just... There's a lot of weird green screen twos at the end of this one. So this one, this episode was... Let me get the name of it. Oh, the green screen stuff. Yeah, so this one was called Mammoth Flower. Mammoth Flower. So this episode was a weird one. So this one's about some random disturbance out in Tokyo. Um, that's causing buildings to shake. That's where like the cool miniatures start popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out, it's a big vine tentacle attacking people now before we go any further on that did i not text you earlier saying christian this is hentai (laughs) yes it It reminded me of jumanji uh, a lot too (laughs) it was really it was cool the way it was done it was just it was such a bore of an episode for me but yeah so the large vine tentacles start popping out i guess they're sucking blood from the victims that's what it looked weird. like like they just randomly well it didn't look like it honestly it just looked like the tentacle was just wrapping around and you know strangling them but then yeah. they had like an off-kilter remark saying oh yeah it's a blood-sucking monster like what <laughs> yeah that was like a like it was just kind of thrown in there last minute i feel like it's like oh yeah and it sucks blood like, yeah like, oh yeah and it, it drinks your blood like oh okay that's cool Plants need blood. I mean, <laughs> then on you also get like these random fucking vines that are out in the middle of the uh, of the what is it, the sea or whatever. And all I could think of was like, oh, this yeah. is this is a giant sea penis. This is a sea penis. <laughs> God, see, like it was just such a weird concept of an episode. I understand, like it makes sense to be an Ultra Q episode because it's weird. Oh yeah, most of them have been so far, but like. There's a green screen issue at the end. So I guess at the end, um, the big climax is, is that on the building or under the building that the, I guess, it's like investigators are working at. Mm-hmm. There's like the bulb and the bulb comes out through the top of that building. Man. OK, that was cool, though. I will say that that, that was a that was a cool emergence thing. But when you just settle on the flower, just waiting to, quote unquote, bloom for like two minutes and it does absolutely nothing and you got this fucking little airplane that i honestly thought was like miniature or very large bees but from like a you know a miniature perspective yeah it's a cessna plane so they're not that big yeah i'm like 
what is why is it taking so long and then when it finally unfurls it's like okay you did it now you got this giant you know flower stem yeah what are you gonna do now and then it just like pollen like okay i get it it. you're a flower but can't you do anything else because it's in black and white looks like dander so people are just getting dander on it really did i had to actually brush myself off a little bit like my head and shoulders was ringing (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it was just weird so it goes up and they end up killing it with some like acid along with fire which i feel like fire would have been the first thing you would think of so that was acid i wasn't entirely sure because i from what i gathered it they didn't really go into detail as to what it was yeah i know it had to have been an acid like and then the, the also god damn it's like there's so much in this episode i'm like <laughs> i'm now realizing like police are shooting it yes dude <laughs> all right you're shooting at a plant <laughs> So the very first thing that we see when it's attacking these uh, workers that are in the building, you see like two giant tentacle arms, like one was strangling the dude, supposedly blood sucking, and then the other one was just being knocked around by it. And then, you know, you got your trio from, you know, the X-Files, they come in and they're like, hey, let's save them. And so like one of them's pouring what looks like, you know, some sort of mixture on it. The other one is hacking away at it. And so then yeah. as soon as they manage to save the workers, the police come in and like, oh, okay, open fire. And they literally just shoot it with their pistols. Eight. And then it just has a really low fall lump over. It's like a, It's a, like, yeah, just a slow motion. Not even slow motion, just a slow fall. It like, it's, it's like so good. You, you shot my arm. You killed my arm. But I've got more now. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, it was such an odd episode, but it fits. It does. It fits with the Ultra Q theme because it's just weird. Yeah, and Um, I also thought it was like, you know what? This is probably what The Last of Us would have been if Last of Us didn't think of, you know, let's uh, let's do spores. Let's uh, let's do actual fungus. (laughs) This definitely wasn't my favorite. It was the weirder one of the... I guess a little bit more out there. Mm -hmm. Um... I did like some of the designs like or that designs like some of the shots really cool. The one that I the one big complaint was the green screen behind the prop plant that they used because the whole sky is moving. As the yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was very weird. <laughs> there was also one thing that I thought was interesting with the fact that the way that it looked at one point when it was blooming, I honestly thought it was vile plume from Pokemon, like but like super tall vile plume. <laughs> yeah, um, like I, I thought it was going to be like a plant monster, but it was just a plant. It really was, and then I honestly hoped that there would have been like giant bees to fly out, but yeah, that was like the only really disappointing thing there. Did you think that there was an actual message to this particular episode? We got to drain the swamp, Sean. <laughs> can't let this happen i i could see that especially when they had that be... when they had that yeah. one moment where the uh the scientist uh was talking to the government dude and he's like hey we need to stop we need to study it don't kill it he's like but it's hurting people yeah, yeah but i still want to study it don't you feel my pain it's like no just stop <laughs> really. it stop You're killing people 
Yeah. Like, some environmental message in there somewhere. I didn't want to go deep diving in this episode because I was kind of. I, I get that. One thing that I do want to go over real quick before we move on to the next episode, though, is yeah. we have our main, tri- main trio uh, from, I, I guess you can call them the X-Files Academy. I don't really remember what they're a part of, but they're basically just a bunch of reporters that do investigative jur- journalism. Yuri is the main female lead from that, and she's played by an actress named Hiroko Sakurai. And when I looked her up, she has actually been with Subaraya from the very get-go. So she's still there as a actress and a producer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And on top of that, like, she's been through, like, pretty much the majority of the Ultra line. And she shows up as a recurring character by the name of Akiko Fuji, whom I'm assuming is a scientist from what I read. Uh, but yeah, the fact that we get somebody who started out in Ultra Q and goes on to be in other different ultra series that's pretty badass that's cool see i like when like cast members or like actors should i say are reused for other projects that are in the same line because i like that kind of consistency absolutely and she's also giving her all in this you know in this show like you can tell that she's trying to be the investigative journalist who's actually fully involved and wants to like she's dedicated to her craft and she plays yeah. that role very, very well. So kudos to her. Yeah, the acting was pretty cool. I liked it. But uh, let's move on to our episode six, which is <sighs> Peluga is here. Is it Peluga or Pegula? I thought it was like almost like a penguin, but Pegula. Pegula sounds weird. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. Pegula, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. This was probably the coolest looking so far. Really reminiscent of the thing because it is based in Antarctica. So I believe the plot was there was like a news, a daily news reporter visiting like the South Pole. Mm-hmm. And they have a disappearance in staff some odd years ago. And there's something about a journal entry from what I remember. About an end about Peluga, the entity is some entity called Peluga. Before we go further into this, let me ask you this Are you having a hard time remembering it because this episode was not that good? That too, yes. (laughs) Okay, just wanted to make sure that I could ask that properly. (laughs) So, Peluga is a it's a kaiju. Thank god we get a kaiju in this episode. What's it look like? It looks high, so it comes out (laughs) in. This was my thing. It came out. So one of the actors, actresses opens the door and sees Peluga coming out mm-hmm. and there's just nothing but smoke and its eyes are lit up, but they're droopy. They're like down and he just looks like he's ready to go eat some food. It really is like, honestly, when I first saw it, I thought it was like a modified version of Gomez from the first episode, but it with does. wings and tusks. It's so derpy looking it's uh, it's it's not derpy yeah it's it's still fun or funny sorry to look at because this was not a fun episode no this was a weird take where i guess they had to there's something about a dog that it wouldn't attack because of the dog oh right so okay the way that they I had this set up, yeah, because yeah. the moment that I looked it up, I'm like, are you are you kidding? This is this is all right. So 
the way that they actually did this episode is that go not Gomez because it's it's Snowzilla for all I care. Um, yeah, it wouldn't go up to this particular land because it was covered in some sort of moss, and yes. I guess this moss is something particular that like doesn't really grow anywhere else, and it's actually part of this particular land. And this dog that was there has been there for three years when it should have frozen to death. Yes. It's been eating the moss and somehow staying alive because of it. Yeah, the dog... I remember the dog's name because it was so Sabu. It was Sabu, really cool Sabu, name. Sabu. I remember that <laughs> line. <laughs> and it was such a weird... Let me I'll go back on this kaiju real quick. This kaiju look was very goofy looking. It's basically like, like a potato walrus. It's like a potato body. It's got Rodan's arms and then like just a high face. Like it walks like I do when I'm trying to get food at night. Like <laughs> kind of stumbling. I, like okay. It's a very goofy thing. <laughs> um, I don't remember. Did How did this one end? It was like, did they have to? They, they had shot to shoot missiles at, at it. it like an like... anti-gravity missile or something. No, because it flew away. Like, it, no, it's sh- yeah, it was weird. Yeah, they didn't kill it. It flew away. The one thing I remember that I started laughing was, I guess, after the first like monster, like the first attack, it shoots them and the bodies go flying. And yes. it's like somebody tossing a sock in the air. It was it's so bizarre. Totally yeah, they did that. And then they did the camera rotation 360 degrees to signify that they're flying away. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was like it was like anti-gravity or something like that. I know anti-gravity's in here somewhere. It, it was in there because like it freezes us, but it also launches us with anti-gravity. Like it, anti-gravity, yeah, like <laughs> throw it throws them like a mile away. It's so weird. Yeah, the way that one panned out. I think so far a pretty good monster design. I didn't mind it. It wasn't a terrible monster design. It's just I wish we had gotten more with the episode. Yeah, Puga. and. It was weird. I I thought it was going to be like a big seal or a penguin. So the funny thing is, like, I looked up this particular monster, and he's actually a recurring monster that shows up throughout all the Ultra series. So we're going to see him a lot more. He'll, be, he'll pop up more. That Okay, we'll see if, like, the suit design changes. Because, like, it could only go up from here, I'm sure. Yeah, but here's the special thing, and I'm pretty sure you won't remember this. So, do you remember the very beginning of Shin Ultraman? Spoilers for Shin Ultraman, by the way. Oh, yeah, uh, I do. Um, the very beginning of Shin Ultraman, it's always about how the military is killing monsters before Ultraman shows up and takes them on himself. Yeah. So, the very first few that they actually cover are Pegula and the Mammoth Flower. I do remember that now. I do remember the Mammoth Flower. I kind of remember Pegula. I do remember the beginning one, which was Gomez, because that was like a really cool redesign for it. Because mm-hmm. I like paused it immediately and I think I sent it to both you and Ryan. You did. It's like, yeah. hey, Godzilla's in this. I might rewatch that just to see that beginning opening part, because that was really cool. It was. Like it really that. was. But that's really all I could think about for this particular episode because I, I, I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one was kind of a tough one. It reminded me of the thing just because it was in the uh, the South Pole or snowy weather. But mm-hmm. besides that, this one was very forgettable. It's a weird one. 
But to move on to our next one, Sean, I'm going to let you take this one because you <laughs> seem to enjoy this one a lot more than I do. All right. I guess. Okay. So this episode, episode six, is crawl, crawled, called Grow Up Little Turtle. When it comes to Grow Up Little Turtle, with what we've gotten for this particular show so far, what do you expect? Like, before we go into any plot details, what do you expect with this type of episode or show to basically involve? I figure a turtle kaiju. Okay. What else? It's big. It seems like it's like, uh, hey, little turtle, we're going to make you big by some drastic means, and you're going to wreak havoc on this episode. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen at all. (laughs) Let's start off with this character by the name of Taro. Taro is a little boy who likes to tell lies. But also in doing that, he's obsessed with his little pet turtle named Gamaran. Yeah, Yeah, Gamaran, Gamaran, Gamaran. yeah. That's Um, really cool. Thinking with that, you're like, all right. Somehow this turtle's gonna get big and he's gonna wreck havoc, like you just said. No. What happens is the little kid is disciplined for telling lies in the middle of his class, and then he ends up going to the top of the roof, which I guess is for the rest of the day. I don't know how long or how much time has passed during yeah, that point. It's a weird like timeout. Hey, sit in the sun for eight hours. But that teacher was cruel as fuck. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was like, hey, stop telling lies. But I want to go to this uh, to the Dragon Palace. No, that doesn't exist. All you kids, laugh at him. <laughs> it's like that's for all this. That, that's he mean. has his turtle in class, and he's giving it like some kind of juice with like pota- sweet potato juice in it to help him grow. He was trying to, yeah. And then the team because took he it wants away. him to grow. Yeah, it was a weird concoction. So he ends up, uh, you know, school ends up ending, and he ends up going down to the main floor to grab his turtle and when he does he notices that there is a shootout between cops and robbers going on like a legit literal shootout and he goes to his teacher like teacher teacher there's a shootout almost damn near smacks him and he's like stop telling lies (laughs) yeah Uh, it just cannot catch a break he really can't it's pretty sad honestly so then like he ends up taking his turtle he runs away and but he doesn't like take all of his stuff with him. He just takes the turtle and that's it. And he goes to play the most, in like most important one thing. You take a turtle, right? And so he ends up <laughs> taking his turtle to like one of the school hallways. And this is I laughed when this happened. But he's telling his turtle like, "Hey, turtle, go this way. Turtle, go that way. Where'd you go, turtle? Where'd you go?" And he looks yeah, up. Yeah, there's like a montage of yeah. him with his turtle. I don't know how long that lasts. There's like no time in this particular episode whatsoever. No, no, no. I'm gonna warn you now. This episode's a giant fever dream. <laughs> it really is, dude. So he ends up looking up and seeing this like school skeleton there. And he's like, ha, I hate you, skeleton. Ha ha. And the skeleton <laughs> just laughs at him. And it's like, like chitter chatter, chitter chatter. And I was like, holy shit. It was really, really funny. It was just perfect timing. And then it turns out it's actually just a couple gangsters, you know, from the cops and robbers shootout that are there. It's like, oh, gangsters. And they, for some reason, take his turtle and run away. So he chases after after these gangsters for such a long time to the point. Was it explained why the turtle was stolen? No. 
it's not. It's just there. It's <laughs> and so he ends up being abducted by these gangsters or kidnapped rather. What follows next is nothing but a bunch of funny skits. For instance, they're at some sort of checkpoint, you know, trying to find this kid along with these gangsters. They're saying, hey, I've got this gun here. Maybe we should pull it out and, you know, you know, kill yes. these cops or whatever. The kid somehow tricks one of the gangsters to giving him their Tommy gun. And he's oh, like, yeah, he annoys the crap out of him. He's he like, does this gun. <laughs> and when he does, he's like, rat, dat, da 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 like yeah. no 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 and he even like takes the gun and points it at himself trying to figure out how to get it to work and the gangsters actually feel bad for a second no no you can't shoot yourself in the face yeah <laughs> it was so dumb but it was just it was really endearing because i'm like this is this is a little kid who's curious about some things but all he really wants is his turtle which yeah. then the next thing is that he goes to this sewer with these gangsters because they just want to run away for from the cops, but they also want to run away from him, but they won't give him back his freaking turtle. <laughs> it's it's so weird. I don't, but it's just such a, it, and since so like the turtle ends up growing. Yeah. It turns and into this big ass turtle. The weirdest thing, because it's, it's not even up on all fours. It's just like sliding. Okay. And, like shifting. Going into that, did you feel bad for the uh the suit actor at all for that? Because oh, that would have been miserable. It looked miserable. Cause what you've got is you've got a giant tortoise shell, you've got quote unquote a head, but it did not look like a head. It looked like it was maybe like a piece of his elbow or some shit. Yeah. And <laughs> He's trying to shuffle along on the floor, constantly crawling. And then you got the little kid trying to sit on him for being so big at the same time. So, like, here's the thing. So I watched this on Tubi, right? Mm -hmm. And so right after they break out, I have a, you know, commercial break. You get any good commercials, at least? God, I don't remember. I looked at my phone for a second just because, like, <laughs> I needed to, like detach for a minute i understand <laughs> and as it comes back and this is where i had a pause to laugh it shows the turtle just flying with <laughs> Taro on its shell just sitting and it's just like like it's such a normal thing like it's not wow wow hagamron you're flying it's just like oh we've done this before just yeah. very cool i'm flying whatever and then I don't know. They end up going underwater or to hell oh, afterwards. You, like I don't remember. You forgot the best part. You forgot the best part. So they're <laughs> flying, and he's like, "Take me to Dragon Palace." How fast are you going, by the way? All of a sudden, this panel on the turtle shell pops open, and it gives oh him God. a speedometer reading. <laughs> yes. I... <laughs> turtle just has a speedometer. It was so funny. I'm like, no. <laughs> Oh my god. It was hilarious. And, and like the thing is is they like made the turtle face still look like a turtle. Small they eyes. Did. Nothing changed and it just looks so goofy. And it's not you can't even tell if it's smiling or anything. It's just it's just flying it's along. In pain. <laughs> it is in pain. And then all of a sudden, poof, got my magic speedometer on my back. <laughs> Yeah. And like they end up underwater or like in hell with that girl. Like you, you probably know. I looked into that. So let, let's talk about how it happens first. Go ahead. 
I don't remember how it happened. <laughs> you did. You did. All right, all right. So he ends up in some sort of realm, which is supposedly the Dragon Palace. But from where I, my perspective on all this is that he ended up in some sort of version between heaven, hell, and uh, what's the in between called again? I Purgatory. can't remember. Purgatory. So it felt like it was an amalgamation of all th- all things. He ends up meeting this little girl who's swinging, you know, like on like on a park park swing, and he's like, "Hey, talk to me. Why won't you talk to yeah. me?" And she's like refusing to talk to him at first, and then when he finally does talk to, or when she finally does talk back to him, she goes, "Hey, you can swing too." And now all of a sudden, the camera just like did a bewitch sort of trick. And she's standing there, and he's the one on the swing. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? Suddenly, he's like, wait a minute. I think I have an idea. And she's, like, showing that she can, like, summon ice cream randomly, and she starts eating that. He's like, how about this? I have an atom bomb. And when I use it, it's going to destroy this dragon palace. Okay? Do you understand? It's going to (laughs) happen. And he does it. And it blows him up. And I honestly... The dark part of me expected him to be nothing but feet, like souls and like some legs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and maybe a little blood. But I'm like, you know what? And once it came back and it's just him like in some disheveled clothing, I was like, okay, uh, that I, I should have known better. But it was it was the darkness in my heart waiting, wanting more. Like the little girl starts riding a dragon who is uh, Amanda puppet uh, used for the movie Atragon before that was made. Really? Which is cool. Yeah. I did not know that. See, that's one thing I didn't look up. <laughs> Amanda's like one of like the cool underrated like Godzilla monsters that like not a lot of people knew about, but from the moment I saw him on screen, I was like, that's that's Amanda. That's cool as hell. I like it. I think they just referred to him as Dragon. Yeah, they did. They just called it Dragon and that was it. They also called his turtle Dragon as well, which was weird. Yeah, turtle turtle Dragon, you know. But I mean, it can it can fly, so before like he he was chasing her on that flying turtle which was honestly one of the weirdest scenes you could ever see it's just it's a bunch of fog she's on one of those things that like you would see at like some sort of corner store when you're a kid and you put in a nickel or a dime or whatever and you can just ride it back and forth yeah Yeah. it's that's exactly what it looked like she was riding he just like saddles up right next to her and she's like okay well you caught up to me tell me do you promise you're not gonna lie anymore it's like i promise right she gives him a box that says okay if you promise not to lie you can have this box but you must never open it he goes okay so he ends up somehow magically transporting back to where all the adults are because his family is looking for him and he goes hey i was at the dragon palace like you're lying. He's like, no, I'm not lying. I promised I never would. Like, no, you're lying. Shut up, little kid. And <laughs> they all decide to turn away and start laughing at him and his parents, basically saying he brings nothing but shame. And he goes, well, I hate this. I'm gonna open the box. He opens the box and he immediately turns into a, a well. They call him a grandpa, but it's literally the little kid with beard makeup and everything like that and he's got like this big long Gandalf beard he's like no I'm a grandpa now <laughs> and it's it literally so lasts for like 10 seconds before he's back to normal and yeah. that was about it for him because then the credits start rolling 
and he's just in his class while everybody else has a turtle and he doesn't. He's just bored out of his mind now. Yeah, I God, I, I cannot turn that off fast enough just so I could get it over with. <laughs> I I was entertained. Like I, I even though it was a weird episode, I was very entertained. Um like it does it does fit with like the Ultra Q like style. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. Oh yeah. Um I, it was just probably not my favorite. Do really you have weird. any pluses about that episode though? It was funny. I will say that the scene with the with Taro in the in the car or in the van with the gun, man, that uh, was kind of funny. <laughs> that was really but, funny. <laughs> and also that the suit design for the turtle, of course, was cool. But besides that, that was just one big fever dream. Like. If I had COVID, that would be playing in my head while I slept. Oh, God, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's an awful feeling. Kids, go get yourself vaccinated. Adults also go yeah. get yourself vaccinated. <laughs> um, God, miserable. One thing I want to note is that the beginning of the episode, you know how it constantly has that funky type intro music for each of the episodes so far. This yes. one didn't. Um, this and one it, actually it didn't have that opening where it's like prepare for your mind to be separated from your body, something like that. that yeah, like, no Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah, um, that one or episode four didn't have that either. Episode two, episodes five did it. You're right. You're absolutely right. I completely forgot about that. Um, it was it was odd, but yeah, I I like that intro. It just kind of helps it out, I guess. The intro was very reminiscent of like what a kid would have as his own theme song when he's going to go play. You know, you know, being a kid, and that's exactly yeah. what I thought was you know pretty cool that it was going based off of that kind of like motif there. Oh yeah, but what I did find out looking into this particular episode is that this is a parody of a Japanese folk tale called Urashima Taro. Now, did I do the due diligence of looking up what that folk tale was? Absolutely <laughs> not. But it's probably like the equivalent equivalent of like boy who cries wolf. I would think either that or something. Well, it's also got something to do with the fact that the, um, the little girl that he ends up meeting, which I believe is called an Otohime. Um, yes. They it has something to do with Taro meeting Otohime, but it more more than likely it has to do with Boy Who Cried Wolf. But again, I'm gonna remain ignorant because I I just want to know what this episode had and nothing beyond that. <laughs> yeah, just take it for what it is. If you guys do end up watching it, let us know. That one was a tough one for me at least. Sean liked it. Hey, if um, I can watch Tusk, I can watch anything. I will watch that soon. I feel like that's not going to be as bad as this episode. Ah, uh, man. Some people will say yes. Some people will say no. I say I absolutely love that. But we're not here to talk about Tusk. We're here to talk about Tokusatsu. <laughs> well, that brings us... This brings another uh, question. Is Tusk Toku? You're a jerk for thinking of that. And I'm going to ask you these questions now. Is Tusk uh, Toku? So... If you're going to ask me that, what is the full definition of tokusatsu then? Special effects, monsters and body or people in monster suits. I hate you. Um, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, isn't Tusk is Toku? Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first for Toku for two. Tusk is Toku. You blew my mind with this, and I really, really hate you for that. <laughs> You're welcome, Sean. Oh, God. So, does that make all monster movies, like people in rubber suits, Toku, then? 
I'll find I'll find some other ones and ask you. All right, I'm gonna then. ask you this at least once an episode, and that way whoever's listening can also join in. <laughs> you, 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 I, I really do hate you for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you this though. So I know I asked you on the last episode that you were watching, you know, some common writer stuff. Have you been watching anything else since then? So yes, uh, Osama Sentai King Oger just came out. Oh, King Oger, okay. Very good so far. Um, this is my first Sentai watching. I've never, I've seen bits and pieces of other Sentai. Um, really cool because it and it not like Americanized. Like, this is like the full Japanese production. Yep, full Japanese. Um, this is like the first team with a primary Purple Ranger. Ooh. Uh, Papillon Oger, which is cool. I don't, I don't know what their gender is, which is pretty cool. They keep it pretty ambiguous, but I like the costume designs. Mm-hmm. The um, it reminds me of Attack on Titan because it's like five kingdoms after two thousand years come back to prepare for like a prophecy. That's a bold statement, like Cotton. I hope it pays off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like it reminds me because it's got like the walls. Of like uh, Wal Mar- Wal Maria reminds me of that almost, mm. um, but it, it's really cool. The suit designs are really cool. The Zords are really nice. This is, I mean, all Sentai and Comrade are one big toy commercial, of course. But uh, it makes me actually want to buy a toy from it. Like the sword is really cool that they use, which is like a sword morpher. It's mm-hmm. not like a belt buckle or like a watch or anything. It's like a sword. But I like it. The fights are really structured nicely. I definitely recommend it. That's awesome. I did see some of the uh, screenshots of the Zords, and they look really, really badass. I, it's something that I'd saw on my watch list. I, I plan to get there eventually. Well, episode one just came out, so you can okay. watch that weekly with me if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else who's seen King, King Oger? I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, there'll probably be two or three more episodes. But let me know what you guys think of it, because it's really good so far. Nice. So I haven't watched anything recently because yeah. I've just been incredibly busy and other stuff going on in life. But work sucks. Work does suck. Um, we're not going to get into that, but work sucks. <laughs> but one thing that I have been trying out is uh, I've been looking into old Power Rangers video games. And I got the chance to try out uh, three of them recently. I got to try out Dino Thunder, Lightspeed Rescue, and... Time Force. Uh, did I try Time Force? I did try Time Force, so I tried out four yeah. of them. My bad. Um, Time Force and one that was called Special Legends, if I'm not mistaken. Remember you sent me which ones you played? Hold on. It was like Time for- Lightspeed Rescue, Time Force were the two that you sent me. Yeah. I think you did play more, though. Yeah, I did try out two more, just in case. I will say that uh, everything other than Special Legends not that great (laughs) it's dino thunder is a little bit different because you can actually start off playing as a uh as a tyrannosaurus megazord or it's like an actual story mode game that's not just a fighter yeah i just didn't get far with it because i was trying to figure out what the controls were and i was getting frustrated so you know so i said you know what when i actually want to actually spend time with it i'll go with it but the special legends one dude it feels hmm. like a 2.5D version of those old Power Ranger SNES games. 
Um, oh, I love those. And apparently this is going to be one where you actually have like multiple rangers from like different arcs or different series coming in. And you start off doing like these, you know, random basic combos, but it was actually really, really cool. Um, it's one that I'm definitely planning on getting back into. Man, those games are really fun. I've been wanting to buy Time Force because I remember playing that a bit. Um, what's the other one? Battle for the Grid was fun. I'm just not a big fan of like fighters. Yeah, side scrolling fighters are kind of a little boring because it's just cutscene, cutscene, fight, cutscene, cutscene, fight. I liked the story for Battle for the Grid. The gameplay is where it really annoyed me because it felt like it was. I'm not entirely sure what I want to say with this one. I just didn't really care for the actual fighting style of it. I know people love playing it because they can use that for like endless hit combos. And I think that's what oh, yeah. frustrated me the most is because even on normal setting, I got endless hit comboed by the freaking PC. So it's like, you know what? I'm oh, yeah, good. you get handed. Yeah, you get handed everything like it's so annoying um yeah i've never been one for i mean i've never been that good in fighter games but i like playing them but that game i was like struggling to finish it yeah it was it was tough i did manage to beat it i think it was it was either one night or maybe it was like a day and a half i don't remember um but it was it was quick um did you ever read the power rangers comics uh, I think I have an episode, or I have one comic that I was given a long time ago, but never actually read the comics. Um, I know Batter for the Grid, and God, I forgot what the other one is by Boom Studios. Okay. So but I've been wanting to get a hold of those and read them. So when I come visit you in a couple weeks, I'm going to let you borrow yeah. my volume one of the Power Rangers Boom Studios comic. It is oh, yeah. so good. So so good. It, Are you gonna read it to me while you're here, though? No, I'm not gonna do the different voices. <laughs> I've I've learned I've learned to not do that when it comes to reading. Um, people have issues. Anyways, <laughs> when it comes to this particular comic, it all takes place at least during the Green Ranger arc, right when Tommy actually gets to be part of the Rangers. Like not before he was evil. Like this is right after he finally is a good green ranger and they want to take him on. And okay. it's his struggle with becoming accepted for that and managing to have like some sort of um life and then everything else regarding, you know, all the different rangers interpersonal relationships. It's actually really really good. So, you're going to enjoy it. Hmm. Excited to read it. Um I've been really wanting to read it, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. I know also the Turtles one just came out too. You and your freaking Turtles. That one's cool. Um, I've read the first first issue of the first like run of it. I mm-hmm. still need to start reading the rest of it. So I could get to yes. I was about to say season two, but I guess part two of that uh, of that series. <laughs> season two. <laughs> oh, you were talking about toys a little bit ago. This just reminded me. And this is something that I hope that we will eventually cover at one point. So there's an anime out there. I mentioned it before, I believe briefly in episode one of our podcast, SSSS Gridman. Now, they did a spinoff, pseudo spinoff, pseudo sequel called SSSS Dinazanan. 
Now, I know that you were mentioning watching King Oger. You were like, man, I really want those toys. SSSS Dinozana did that to me. (laughs) And I actually (laughs) bought that toy. I opened it. I played around with the little bird toy that they had. And then I immediately put it away because, like, this is this is too complicated for me right now. I I don't have the the tenacity or the willpower to go through it. <laughs> but it's so as cool. A whole, Toku as a whole is just one big toy commercial. Absolutely. Like Power Rangers was like the selling toy in the '90s. Like, I think if you look back, that was like the number one toy for like '93. It '93 '94. Really yeah, yeah. Because that's all I ever wanted. I didn't care about anything else at the time. Until I started to, you know, see other, you know, toys that were similar to it. Like uh, oh, when yeah. they released um, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Um, I managed to get all the different toys from that one when I was a kid. I was spoiled as shit when I was a kid. But that's <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I didn't get that many cool. toys, but I liked watching the shows a lot. Oh, yeah. I still do. And now I'll buy my toys. <laughs> you buy your toys. Adult. You buy your common Rider kits. Oh, God, yes. We definitely need to find a way to do stop motion with your kids. That way we can at least, you know, do some battles out of that. I'll try. I'll see what I can do with one. I'll probably end up... I don't know which one I would use. I have to find, like, the most stable one that's not going to, like, break on me. Ah, man. I wish I could say the same for any of mine, but... I need to rebuild my Metal Gear, but... We're we're not talking about Metal Gear right now. (laughs) No. But anything else you want to add to this episode here, Sean? I still enjoy this show quite a bit. Number five was just yeah. a really big letdown. That's I know I've said it before, but hopefully we get something better with that particular monster in subsequent series. It was just not yeah. a good opener for me. It was not written well, and it was just the pacing for it was terrible. Yeah, for me, it was a little rough three episodes, but I'm still excited to keep moving on and seeing what else in store. Yeah. Um, I do have a question, one last question before we go. So, yeah. since I picked Ultra Q for this run, what do you, or do you have anything in mind? I don't want to know yet, but do you have anything in mind for when we're done with this particular series? I do. I have a few, but I've been kind of like jumping between a few of them. So I don't want to give you it yet. Okay. But by the, by the way before we have this done, we'll have our, uh, our next show we'll be watching. Cool, cool, cool. Um, oh, there is something that we should announce, though. We are going to have a special episode. Yes. So on the 22nd, March 22nd, Sean and I are going to go watch Godzilla Tokyo SOS in theaters. Uh, first time being showed in the U.S., which is really cool. Um, so we'll give you guys a special podcast on that one. Give us, Give you guys our thoughts on it and let you know what we think. We did watch... Uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yep. Oh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Yeah, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. That one was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, and Sean as... had chocolate milk. During Man, the movie. I love my chocolate milk. But <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that movie, I know people frown upon doing this, but I actually started a movement. I got people to clap at a certain scene in that movie, and that was glorious. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one will be the sequel to it, finishing out the Kiryu saga. So we will give you our thoughts on that one. Awesome! And I can't wait. Yeah, but I appreciate you, appreciate everybody for listening. If you did listen, let us know what you guys think of these episodes if you watched them. And I hope you guys have a good night. 
Absolutely. Um, one thing to make sure is if you aren't following us on social media, uh, you can definitely do so. Um, Instagram and Twitter is Kensuketi. Uh, what's yours again? Is yep. it Kadabra uh, Motherfucker? Kadabra Chris. Yes, Kadabra Fucker online. <laughs> uh, Kadabra Chris on Instagram. All my handles are usually Kadabra Chris. Awesome. All righty. Well, Sean, thank you. And everybody, have a good night. I love you. Love you. <laughs> Bye.